And church, as you have a seat, turn to two people and tell them, just say, he is the ghost with the most. Just say, he is the ghost with the most. See, the ghost that we're referring to is the Holy Spirit. The series that we conclude today is Ghost Stories. Who is the Holy Spirit? You picked a good weekend to come to church. I'm going to tell you straight up. It is, God, you know, you know what prompted this whole series? A statement that Jesus made. One statement. That's what prompted this entire four-week series. Jesus said something crazy. Well, Jesus said a lot of things crazy, but this one, it hit me. Like, he told the disciples one time, it's best that I go. And the disciples would say, Jesus, it's never good that you go. Like, Jesus, when you're, when you're with us, when you're close to us, good things happen. People get fed. People get healed, right? We get taken care of, Jesus. People like when you're around. It's never best that you go. But that's exactly what Jesus said. And he said, I need to go so I can send something better. Say better. 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 What would be better than Jesus walking with us? The last words that Jesus ever spoke, I'm going to give them to you. They're in Acts 1.8, real quick to start off. The last recorded words that we know of before Jesus ascends into heaven. Let me set it up. The greatest miracle in history, well, when Jesus said, it's best that I go, a, a, a little bit later, he would go to a cross. After he died on the cross, he would go in the tomb. After he was in the tomb, come on now. After he was in the tomb, three days later, something happened. And after that something happened, Jesus hung around for 40 days. And he appeared to people all over the place. Like he's appearing here and he's appearing. He appeared to hundreds and hundreds of people recorded in the word of God. So after 40 days of Jesus rising from the dead, so, this is what he said. 40 days now have passed since the resurrection. And he says this. He says, hey, all of you, you'll receive power. Say power. power. You'll receive power. When that something better comes, when that Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. I mean, you're going to be me to other people, telling them about me everywhere. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, Omaha, Council Bluffs, all the ends of the earth. You're going to tell them. And after Jesus said those final things, he literally rises up into the clouds, and he's gone. Never to be seen again in that form. Jesus, that's the last recorded words we have. That's the last recorded sighting we have. That's it. And, and so that happened, and the disciples were like, all right, I mean, he's gone. But he promised to send something better. They had no idea when it would happen. They didn't know if it was going to be tomorrow. Is it going to be in the next 10 minutes? Is it going to be in two years? They had no idea. He didn't tell them when. So after 10 days, this is what, it, it happened. After 10 days, it happened. So you had the 40 days where Jesus was just appearing to everybody after he rose. Then you have 10 more days. That equals 50. And, and Pentecost, like people, people are like, oh, what does Pentecost mean? It, it literally means 50. That's it. It just means 50. 50 days after the resurrection, this is what happened in Acts 2. On the day of Pentecost, right, the day when the Holy Spirit comes, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like roaring of a mighty windstorm. It filled the entire house. Say filled. It's huge that you, you know that word. It filled the entire house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of, or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone that was there was filled. Say filled. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began talking in ways they'd never talked before. 
They, they, were, they were speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them that ability. So just picture it. This is an international audience gathered for Passover celebration, a bunch of people together. And all of a sudden, these people that are filled with the Holy Spirit, they're speaking languages they don't know. They're, and not like so much speaking in tongues where no one understands it. They're speaking other people's languages. Like people from around, you know what they said? They said, hey, wait a minute. That person's speaking, they're talking like I talk. They're, they're speaking my language. And another person's like, hey, wait a minute. They're, that person's speaking my language. So they're wondering what's going on. And it's so funny because then finally one person says, you know what? They're, they're probably drunk. That's literally what they said. They, they just chalked it up. They got to be, they got to be hammered. Like this isn't, this isn't right. And Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, steps up. You know what Peter says? No, no, no. They're not drunk. It's, in fact, it's almost comical what Peter said. He said, and I quote, they're not drunk. He said, it's only 9 a.m. It's much too early for that. But if it's 10 a.m., you know, shots around, you know, it's like, I guess 9 a.m. Okay, whatever. So, but that's what he said. He said, it's 9 a.m. But they were under the influence of something. Something was happening because no one could understand. Even the people speaking, I'm sure, like, how do I even know this language? How am I speaking this? That's what was happening right now. I mean, personal question here. Have you ever been under the influence <laughs> very honest I love see the truth and, and some of you are like I get it we're in church so you know but um <laughs> the funny thing is I've, as I ask that I look at Meadows Church I mean this is Meadows Church I mean some of you you're probably under the influence right now let's just be honest I mean come on I'm just glad you're here but uh stay awake all right so and I mean under the influence I mean I don't mean like you're a little buzz or you drank half a white claw and you're like I feel kind of warm you know I feel kind of feel kind of fuzzy on the no I mean I mean hammered have you ever been sloshed, like inebriated? Like, like you, you, well, let's not get too excited. Meadows Church again. So, um, so you, you've gotten there. Like, like you, it's so bad you don't remember the last 48 hours. You're like, I have no idea. And your prayer to God is, I pray to God nobody recorded it, any of it, right? I mean, that's our biggest fear. Please don't put it on Facebook. So, but have you been there? Like, they, they were so under the influence. They were so out of it in, in a way. You know, it's, it's interesting that when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, he gives you the ability to live in a way that you would not otherwise live. And, and Paul gives instructions. Paul wrote a lot of the New Testament. You'll hear a little bit about him today. Paul wrote a book, a lot of books to churches. One of them was Ephesians, or the church in Ephesus, but also to you and I. I want to I just share a few verses out of Ephesians 5 because it ties together, and you'll see how in about five minutes. So Paul writes this, and this is instructions on how we're supposed to live. So... So be careful how you live. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Isn't it amazing how the word of God is, is, is as prevalent today as it ever was? Of course it is. It is a living and active word of God. Verse 17. Don't act thoughtlessly, Paul writes, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. As I read those two verses like this week preparing for this, you know what I, I thought about? I put the word today, say today, after every one of those statements, because that's really what God wants you to know. I mean, so be careful how you live today. Don't live like fools today. Make the most of every opportunity today. Don't act thoughtlessly today, but understand what the Lord wants you to do today. And the reason I say that is because I think that sometimes we, we, we almost get in this cloud like, you know, someday I'm going to start living my purpose. 
right? I mean, church, you're always talking about leading people to Christ, their God-given purpose. Well, when am I, when's my purpose going to be realized? At what point do I, is it when I'm saved? Is it when I'm baptized? Is it when I've been going to church for like a year? Is that when purpose hits? Is that when it falls in my lap? Purpose isn't like that. Purpose isn't like, like you, you, you graduated from high school in four years, or in five years for some of us, whatever, four or five years, and you got your degree, and all of a sudden you realize, this is God's will for my life. No, 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 it happens day by day. It, th- that's what's so interesting about purpose. It's not something that all of a sudden is some huge revelation. It won't, it won't most likely happen like that. I wrote it down this way. This was so into me today, or this week. I said, we, we me included, we tend to focus on what we can and should do in the future rather than what God is calling us to do today. Don't, I mean, I do. Well, you know, tomorrow or next week or next month. No, no, no. All you got is today. Your purpose is to, like, love the person that God puts in front of you today. Your purpose is to help the person who has a need that you can meet today. Your purpose is to do the next right thing today. Say today. Today is the day. That's why it's, it's because what you do today, how you live your purpose today, will determine your purpose tomorrow. It, they're all connected. I'm going to show you this. It, you'll, you'll see. So let me finish that Ephesian scripture and tie it back into Acts and show you how it comes together. Verse 18. Here it is again, that statement. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine because it will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you what the word filled means in the biblical context? The word filled filled literally means controlled by. That's what it means. In the biblical context, when you see filled, think controlled by. Don't be controlled by, right? So what it's saying is allow the Holy Spirit to control your will, control your thoughts, control your emotions, to control these things. When you're under the influence, and, and some of you, you know this, shouting loud, some of you, you know that when you're under the influence, you're controlled by something that is not you, right? Have you ever done a field sobriety test? Okay, okay, okay. Have you ever, do you know somebody that's ever done a, a field sobriety test? I mean, it, they think they're in control. And, and as much as they want to control themselves, they're not in control, right? Cop is like, just walk a straight line, sir. In their head, this is what they look like. That's, look at me go. In reality, I mean, it's like, you know, you know, boom, and they fall over. They're like, how'd I do? The cop's like, you're laying on the ground, not well. So, I mean, it's, you think you're in, but you're not in control. As much as you want to walk the line, you can't do it because you're under the influence of something else. <laughs> Don't drink and drive, obviously, but you know what I wrote down for some of you that maybe have a couple glasses of wine? And driving isn't your issue. Shopping is your issue, Right? So I wrote down, don't drink in prime, okay? That will get you in trouble. It's like, how did all these packages get to my house? Well, that was you, honey, okay? So um, don't drink in prime. That was for somebody. I don't know who, so Jody? I'm <laughs> just kidding. So uh, when you are under the influence, okay, take this main point in. When you are under the influence of the Holy Spirit, you will think, talk, and act differently. You will. You will think Talk and act differently. Think about why people drink. Why do we drink? We want to, we like to, it changes the way we think. It changes the way we feel, right? 
Well, I drink because I like the taste of alcohol. Well, you probably don't really like the taste of alcohol. Have you ever drank alcohol? I mean, like, alcohol? The closest thing I know to that would be Everclear, 95% alcohol. You don't like the taste. I'm just going to tell you straight up. You take a shot of that, you're you're not going to be like, hmm, that was kind of good on the palate right there. No, no. You're like, oh, my gosh. My insides are exploding. That's what you're going to say. I heard that from somebody else. Not, I wouldn't, anyway. So, um... It makes you feel different. That's why people are drinking. That's why they're doing drugs. That's why addiction would start. It makes you feel something else. It makes you feel different. I mean, do you talk differently when you're under the influence? Yes. And many times you talk much louder than you need to. But I don't know why that is. People lose their hearing when they drink. So it gives you comfort, doesn't it? It gives you confidence, doesn't it? It it makes you do something you would not otherwise do. It makes you say things you would not otherwise say. You know, like... It starts, with, it starts with how you think. It's like, hmm, she likes me. And your friends are like, dude, she doesn't like you, okay? You, you've had too much to drink. No, no, no. No, she likes me. Yeah, I'm going to go talk to her. No, no, don't talk to her. She doesn't like you. No, trust me, she doesn't like you. No, I'm going to go talk to her. And then you start to think differently, and then you start to talk differently, and then you start to act differently, and you go up and you're like, yeah, you know, hey, baby, uh, you want to go grab uh, some pizza and make out? And after she stops you across the face, you're like, what, you don't like pizza? I mean, see, this is why you're single. So you can't, I mean, it makes you do things you should not do. But if it was my friends, they'd be like, yeah, Monty, go ahead. I think she likes you because they were jerks. So um, anyone with addiction, you know something. I know something. Addiction will turn you into somebody you're not, doesn't it? I talk to people because of my past and drug addiction, um, People will talk to me and say, hey, my spouse or my girlfriend or boyfriend, they're struggling in this or that or whatever it is. And I always remind them, I don't, you know, I don't, I, mean, I don't justify it at all, right? We made the decision to start whatever we started and then something kicks in or whatever. But I always say, just remember, it's not them. When they're in that, it's not them. Not justifying it by any stretch, but I'm telling you, it turns you into somebody you're not. It, it, you, you, it, it makes you think differently. It makes you act differently. It makes you talk. To, it, it's just different. I love that we're a church. L- listen to this. I love that we're a church where it's okay to not be okay. I love that. That will never change. But, but, but finish the statement, or maybe you don't know how to finish the statement. I'll tell you. I'll finish it for you. It's okay to not be okay, but you don't have to stay that way. You don't have to stay that way. And you might be thinking, well, you know what? I've tried not to stay that way. Pastor, I've tried to quit the drinking. It's not working for me. I've tried to quit the drugs. I've tried to quit the smoking. I've tried to stop looking at the pornography. I've tried to stop overeating. I've tried to stop getting so angry when I shouldn't get that angry. And I can't do it. And I would say to you, you're right. You can't. You know why? Because you need an advocate. You need a helper. You need a counselor. You need to be under the influence of the power of the Holy Spirit and let him change you. Let him turn you into somebody that you are not. That's what he does. That's what he's in the business of doing. In my addiction, I would do almost anything to get drugs. Anything. I want us to be a church. We'll do anything to be filled with the Spirit. I will do anything let the Spirit control me and guide me and love me and teach me. Okay, so I'm going to share something. This might, this might be a stress for some of you, but know this. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, in other words, remember what filled means. When you're controlled by the Holy Spirit, you can't sin. You can't. You cannot. It, that's impossible. You can't walk 
alongside the Holy Spirit as he guides you in his direction, in his will, you can't walk in that direction and sin, sin at the same time. So anytime that you and I are in sin, maybe by the way, what we're talking, what we're looking at, what we're doing, how we're thinking, and we're, and we're apart from what God wants, in those moments when you're sinning, guess what? You're not being filled by the Holy Spirit. You're not allowing the Holy Spirit to fill you. You're not allowing the Holy Spirit to control you. You, you might have the Holy Spirit in you if you're saved. You have the Holy Spirit in you, but, but you're not letting him control you. Because you're, you, cannot, you cannot be filled with the Holy Spirit and, and sin at the same time. It is impossible. It is impossible. So, and by the way, back to like the things that we do, whether it's drinking or drugs or whatever. You know what? Those things, it's funny how they will give you confidence, notice. They will give you confidence to do what you otherwise would not do. But you know what the Holy Spirit does? The Holy Spirit gives you the supernatural ability to do the things that you cannot do. It's a huge difference. It's so, it's so, in fact, I'll, I'll show you. The Holy Spirit, remember in Acts 2 when I told you that the Holy Spirit came, it was Pentecost. The, God sends the, the advocate, the helper, something better than him, what's better than Christ in one, or one place, Christ everywhere, right? So remember when it filled the room and it filled them, the tongues of fire, and they started speaking in other languages? Do you know, so... After that miracle, do you know really the next miracle that we see happen? They leave that place. Peter and, and John are walking down the street. They see a man who's crippled. The guy's asking for cash because he thinks that's somehow going to be the answer to his problems. Like many of us are deceived into thinking sometimes. And he's, they see him, and Peter heals him. Peter says, you know, stand up, get up. And the guy does it. Crippled. A miracle happens. See, that's, that's supernatural ability. That's, that wasn't Peter. That was God, the Holy Spirit, doing it. One of the first miracles we see. It's, in fact, I want to read it to you. Acts 4, verses 8 through 10. Listen to this. I love how the scripture starts. Then Peter, filled or controlled by the Holy Spirit said to them, oh, this is after they get arrested. So they get in trouble, of course, because a miracle happened. The guy was crippled. The, the religious people, by the way, we're not a religious organization. We are a relationship organization pointed with Jesus at the center. Not into religion. We're into relationships because I think that's what Jesus was into. So anyway, the religious people get upset because the guy's you know, healed and they're talking about Jesus. And he, Why are they talking about Jesus? Jesus is dead. We killed him. Stop talking about him. And, and Peter's like, whatever. So they get, arrest, they get arrested, Peter and John, after that miracle. This is what happened. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to the people, the rulers and elders of our people, he said, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? I mean, you want me to tell you? Like, let's stop, like, sugarcoating it or sidestepping it. You want me to tell you how it happened? You want to hear it? He said, let me clearly state it for all the people of Israel. You know, that he was healed in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the one from Nazareth, the man that you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Peter doesn't, Peter says, you want to know it? I'll tell you. I, I could care less. I want everybody to know it. It wasn't me. I tell you, it wasn't me. It was, it was God in me. It was an advocate. It was a helper. It was a counselor. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. It was so amazing. And so the members of the council, listen to this. So in, in the 13th verse, members of the council were so amazed. They're watching John and Peter, and they're like, what the heck? They were so amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. Listen to this. For they could see that they were ordinary men. 
They didn't look any different. They, they didn't, I mean, they just, they dressed the same, they looked the same, but they weren't the same. And they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They weren't scholars. They weren't that smart. They also recognized the men as men who had been with Jesus. And isn't that interesting? I'm sure these religious people, I bet they looked at Peter and said, wait a minute. You're Peter. You're, you're, you're the guy. I saw you when Jesus was arrested. Like, you, you were running from little girls. Like, they quizzed you about knowing Jesus, and, you, and you, ran, you ran like you were the little girl running away. How are you, how are you standing here saying that? In fact, let's look at it. I mean, I'll, I'll show you who Peter was pre-Holy Spirit, pre-being filled. This will blow your mind. Matthew 26, 69 through 75. Jesus Christ has been arrested. They are trying him. They are, they are beating him. They are whipping him. They are spitting on him. Listen to this. Peter, freaking out, scared for his life, sitting outside the courtyard. He, we ain't going to get too close to what's going on in there. A servant girl comes over and says, hey, you were, you were the one of those with Jesus, the Galilean. But Peter denied it in front of everyone. Peter didn't care who heard it. He, he just was looking for his safety, scared for his life. I don't know who you're talking about, he said. Later, out by the gate, another little servant girl comes up to Peter. She noticed him, and she said, she said to those standing around, Hey, this is, this, is, this is that guy, the man that was with Jesus of Nazareth. Again, Peter denies it, this time with an oath. I don't even know the man. Second time. A little later, some of the other bystanders came over to Peter and said, wait a minute, you, you must be one of them. Well, why? We can tell, oh, and this is good, we can tell by your Galilean accent. In other words, we can tell by the way you talk that, that we, we know you. Like, we can tell, we, we know who you are. And Peter, adamantly this time, Peter swears up and down, curse me. If I'm lying, I don't know the man. Some of you, you know the story. The rooster crows. Peter gets a recollection of what Jesus said, that he'll deny him. And Peter said to Jesus, I would never do that. He said that hours earlier. Hours earlier. Not days, weeks, or months. Hours earlier. I would, Jesus, I would never. If, if all these other knuckleheads that I'm hanging out with, if those other 11 leave you, I never will. Three times in front of everybody. Why? Fear. Scared for his life. He, sees, he knows what's happening to Jesus. And Peter, not full of the Holy Spirit, he's living in the flesh. He doesn't want it to happen to him. See, when you're, when you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit, you, you will talk differently. You will think differently. You will act differently. You will be different. Do you see the correlation there? It, it, it's, it is night and day. From Let's see here. From the time... That, that, that went down, that moment, until Peter was healing, let's say, that crippled man. It was about two months. It was about, about maybe less than two months. You know, before Jesus, you know, the, Jesus got arrested. Uh, Peter's running around denying that he knows him. In less than two months, he's over here telling everybody it was in the name of Jesus Christ. It, how is this possible? How is that even possible? It has to be something. Peter, you've got to be under the influence of something. Like, like Peter, without the Holy Spirit... You remember what he said? He denied it. The first time he said, I don't know the guy. I, or no, the first time he said, I don't know what you're talking about. 
That was his first denial. But Peter, in Acts 2, you know what Peter said, full of the Holy Spirit? Peter preaches the first church message, and 3,000 people are saved from their sins. That's Peter under the influence. Peter not under the influence? Remember the second time that he denied Jesus? I don't know the man. I don't know what you're talking about. But Peter in Acts 3 says to the crippled man, silver or gold, I do not have. But I'll give you what I do have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up and walk. And the man gets up and walks. Peter, without the Holy Spirit, the third time swears and curses. And I don't know the guy. I don't know the guy. I don't know. The, but full of the Holy Spirit, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, Peter in Acts 4, not fearing death at all. Over there, that's all he thought about. Over here, he's not scared of anything. And what does he do? He boldly declares that the crippled man was healed by the power and the name of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit, when you're under the influence, it will change you. It does. This isn't just for Peter or Paul or John or these biblical people. It's for you. He will change you. I promise you. This, this, the same power that was available then is available today. And I see, I see churches that, 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 that almost act like we're organizations or businesses and almost cowering in fear and, and, and leading in a way that the Holy Spirit's not even a person and not even powerful. I never want to become that. This word, the metals does not exist without the Holy Spirit. It, it, he is everything. He's the only thing, anything good. People will say, Pastor, good message. I said, if it's good, it's from God. If it sucked, I'm like, that was all me. That was all me. I'm that good. So this is, Peter, how are you so different? You are under the influence Oh, and, get, and check this out. Being filled or controlled by the Holy Spirit, it's not a one-time act. It isn't. That's huge that you know that. Being filled by the Holy Spirit is not a one-time act. So there's a difference between being baptized in the Holy Spirit and then filled with the Holy Spirit. So baptism by the Holy Spirit, that's a one-time thing. That's when you're saved. That's when the Holy Spirit first enters into you. Right? That happens when you call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, believe that he's God's son, that he died on a cross, rose from the dead. You ask him to forgive you and make you new. You repent, which means that you, you're going a different direction. You're cooperating now with the Holy Spirit that's in you, and, and you start to go a different direction. It doesn't just, I mean, you have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. That's being baptized in the Holy Spirit. But being filled, that should, I hope, I hope you get filled with the Holy Spirit tens of thousands of times throughout your lifetime. And I'll show you in the scriptures how we know that this is true. Remember how they were filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts 2. And then it said in Acts 3, Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, right? He went out and he healed that crippled man. You know, you know the story now. Well, check this out. Acts 4, 31. So, so after they tell the, the religious guys, we don't care what you're going to do to us. You can beat us, you can kill us, you can whip, we don't care. He was healed by Jesus Christ. Well, they can't deny it. The guy was crippled for years, and now he's walking around, jumping around, skipping around. So they can't deny what happened. So they, they finally let uh, Peter and John go. They let him go. So you know where Peter and John go? This is what's insane. They just did a miracle in Jesus' name. You think they'd be like, oh my gosh, blah, we'll party. No, they, they go back to the other believers, and they immediately pray. They need to be filled again. They want more. I'll show you. Acts 4.31. Listen. After the prayer, so, that, so Peter and John go back and they all pray together. After the prayer, the meeting place shook. 
Doesn't that sound familiar? We just heard that in Acts 2. It's shook and the wind and the tongues of fire. So after, after the prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. But I thought they were already, but it can happen more than once, right? And it should. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they preached the word of God with boldness. Wow, God, what are you trying to show us? Are you trying to show us that we need to constantly be filling ourselves? That we need to constantly be, be, be coming to you and allowing you to control us? I mean, that it's a never-ending thing. Fill us up, fill us up, fill us up, fill us up. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is not a one-time event. Also, I need you to know that being filled with the Holy Spirit requires action on your part. I love how Peter and John, they go back with the other believers and they, they get together. Come here, Mary, come here. Uh, other, Philip, Philip, Bartholomew, come here. Let's pray. Peter, what was that like to heal that crippled man? It was incredible. It was all God. Come on, let's pray, let's pray. And they start praying, God, fill us. I mean, they were just, they're doing miracles in his name. Fill us. Fill us. Use us. We need more boldness. We need more you. It's got to be less of us and more of you. It's got to be less of us and more of you. It requires action on your part. You, you need to allow the Holy Spirit to control you. Listen to me. In my story, all I wanted to talk differently. I wanted to think differently. I wanted to live differently. I didn't want to live as a slave to bondage of addiction anymore. And I'm like, God, help me, help me, help me. And nothing would change. Do you know why? I really wasn't acting. I wasn't allowing God to fill me. I wasn't allowing the Holy Spirit to control me. You have to allow it. You, the Holy Spirit doesn't do it all. He is there, just like Jesus says in Revelation, I stand at the door and knock. I ain't coming in unless you let me in. You gotta open the door. You gotta usher me in. You do it and I'll, I'll rock your world. I will change your life. I will make you new. I wrote it down. I wanted, the, I, I wanted to be filled. I wanted to live differently. I wouldn't surrender. I wouldn't be obedient. I wasn't doing the next right thing. I was empty. When I tell you I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I wrote it down this way. It's not that we need more of the Holy Spirit. It's that He needs more of us. Does that make sense? It's not that we need more. He, he needs more of you. God, take me, control me. I'm messed up. I'm doing things I shouldn't do. I'm thinking things I shouldn't think. I'm, I'm going places I shouldn't go. I'm gonna, I, I debated this, man. I prayed about this yesterday. I was gonna tell you a story at the end. And yesterday, it, it all changed. I'm gonna tell you a story that I've never told in public. Um, I don't know, I think it's because I'm probably just so... I don't know. Sometimes you feel like, oh, I don't know. I'm just maybe embarrassed or whatever. Never told it. After I got out of rehab the second time, I, I knew it was do or die. It's either allow the spirit to control me and fill me or it's over. It'll all be gone. And, and, and so what many people have heard so far is, okay, you went to rehab the second time and, you know, you, you were saved and all that and got called into ministry and you served and now you're planting church, blah, blah. Well, <laughs> it was right after I got out and, you know, you go to recovery meetings. That's really important that you go to these meetings and, um, you know, you, you, you walk through these 12 steps and, you, 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 you know, you have this higher power. For me, it was Jesus and... And I knew I had to go, but here was the plan. 
The plan was I was going to go to a meeting, but I wasn't. See, instead of going to a meeting, this is probably maybe a month after I got out, and I'd been going to meetings for a while, but, but eventually you start to allow the Holy Spirit to control you less and you do more. Well, that's a dangerous, stupid place to be, and I've done a lot of dangerous, stupid things in my life. So I, I decide that, you know what, I'm just going to go to my dealer's house. Think of how insane this is. It is insanity. That's all I can tell you. Even the people at the 12-step program, I'll tell you in a second what they said. So I, uh, so, so Tuesday night, I was going to drive to the recovery meeting, and I knew that instead of driving straight and going down that road, I was going to take a left and go to that dealer's house again. And once you go there once, I mean, it's probably over. You know, you don't just turn back. And, and listen to this. I had never not gone. When it was in my head, I had never not gone. That's important that you know that. I had never not gone. It's that powerful of a pull. It's that crazy. So I knew it. And I'm like, well, you know, we'll just, who know? you just do insane stuff. So if you're not, you know, if you, praise God, if you've never been addicted, God, I pray you, you never are. So I'm driving down the street, and I know I'm going to turn, and I get to the intersection. And I don't, I can't understand it. Like, like I knew I was going to, I mean, there was, I wasn't even really questioning it. And I get there, and I just feel this, I just feel something. Something is, like, prompting me. I'm like, and I, I tell you, I, I don't even remember praying a prayer. Maybe internally I did. But it's almost like I went into some other, I don't know. And, and the next thing I know, I'm, the car's just driving straight. And I went through the intersection and kept driving. And I thought, wow. Well, that's, I mean, I've never done that. And I didn't even want to do that. But, but, I, but, but, but I allowed that to happen. Like, I, I, I let that feeling just do something that I did not want to do. I get to the meeting, we open up and we share, and they knew me, of course, because I'd been going there for a while, and I, I share with them. I said, hey, this is, what I was, this is my plan. And they're like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, seriously, I don't know where to begin. A lot, okay? So, <laughs> so, so you know what happened? Here's what happened that night. While I was at the, the recovery meeting, the drug dealer was getting uh, bombarded by the SWAT team. So the SWAT team busts into his home. Everybody that was there is arrested. Everything that they had was confiscated. It was done. Found out about that. I, I, you know, it just hit me. That intersection moment, it hit me. The Holy Spirit. You, you see it now, right? You know where I would have been, right? I would have been there while the SWAT team showed up. Do you know what wouldn't be here? My family. If I would, you know who, you know what wouldn't exist? Well, probably this church, I don't think. I wouldn't probably be living in, in the Omaha area. None of it. I had no idea. I couldn't believe it. I had no idea what God was doing. So that moment, that decision, and it wasn't even mine. That was not my decision. That was God's. It was all his. My decision in my flesh, I know where I'm going. But I just, I just, for some reason, in that moment, I allowed God to propel me through the intersection. I, I, I cannot get over it. That's why I tell you, your purpose is the next thing you do now. Your purpose is the, the, next, the next step you take now before you leave here. It will determine where you go. If that doesn't happen that night, if that doesn't go down that night, none of this is happening. Don't wait. 
You want to show somebody what God is doing in you? You want to declare your story? You want to invite people to church? I'm telling you, nothing is more powerful. You want to show people the power of the Holy Spirit? It will, it's based on what you do today. You will show them by the way that you live today. You're going, you're, you'll show them the power of the Holy Spirit by how you give today, how you serve today, how you love today. It's what you do today that will show them nothing is more powerful than a changed life. Nothing. God wants to change your life. God wants to change your life. It's why Jesus even ever came. But yet most people's lives will not be changed. I pray to God that will not be this church. You come to Meadows Church, I promise you, if you do what the Holy Spirit says, you will change. It's a, it's a guarantee, not from me, but from God. It's, what, it's why the gospel exists. It's why Jesus went away. It's why the Holy Spirit's here. It's why anything happened. It's because of God sending Jesus in our dysfunctional mess. Because people like Monty do a lot of stupid things and, and, and keep doing stupid things. And God's like, my God, my, my children are messed up. Jesus... We got, we got to do it. And Jesus did it. And Jesus goes to the cross. Jesus takes the nails. Jesus dies. It, 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 it's so incredible. Never let the gospel become ordinary. Please, don't ever let it become ordinary. Ne never let it become natural. Keep it supernatural. It's the, it's the most powerful story in history. It is everything. And I'm going to tell you something. When you sell out to it, your life can change in a day. And some of you, you're desperate for it. Some of you watching online, you're desperate for it. You're dying for change. And you're begging somebody to do it. He wants to. Cooperate. Allow the Holy Spirit to fill you. Allow the Holy Spirit to control you. Everything can change in a day. In one day, the guy who penned most of the New Testament, Paul, in one day, Paul went, you know what he went from? He went from killing Christians to leading Christians in a day. Peter, you heard a little bit about him today. Peter, in one day, Peter went from denying Jesus Christ three times to healing people in the name of Jesus Christ. That's the power of the Holy Spirit in one day. One day, Jesus Christ was dead and laid in a tomb. But one, two, three days later, Jesus Christ came back to life through the power of the Holy Spirit. If God can do that in a day, don't you think he can give you a new heart? Don't you think he can create something new in you? This is it. This is your life. Sell out to the king. I don't know specifically what that looks like for you, but I do know this. It requires you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That starts with being baptized with the Holy Spirit. That's a one-time event. That's salvation. That can happen today. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe he's God's son? Do you believe he was dead? And then most importantly, he rose from the dead. The greatest miracle in history. If you believe that, and you ask him to come into you, the Holy Spirit make you new, he will. At that moment when the Holy Spirit enters you, you're saved. You're still probably messed up in a lot of ways, but I tell you what, now you have an advocate, now you have a helper, now you have a counselor, now you have God not just with you, but in you. And then... You need filled. You need to be filled and filled and filled. Control me. I don't want to turn left. Maybe that's your theme today. Stop turning left. Stop doing the left thing. Start doing the next right thing. 
Don't turn left. Don't turn left. Who is this for? Online, type, I choose Jesus in the comments. You want to fill in, you want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, we'll walk with you, we'll love you. Type, I choose Jesus in the comments. Typing words doesn't save you. Praying a special prayer doesn't, that doesn't save you. A relationship with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus Christ specifically, saves you. But those things, those things initiate it. That's why I tell you, fill out the cards. Let us know your decision today. Marking a box doesn't save you, but it tells us where you're at so we can love you and walk with you. Ask the Lord to come into you now and ask him to make you new. I want to invite the prayer team to come up. We're not, there's no closing song in this series. I don't know if we'll do one next series. I don't know. I want you to pray with somebody. I'm begging you to pray with somebody before you leave. You find me. I don't care. Find the prayer team. Find somebody you're sitting next to. It doesn't matter to me who it is. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray, number one, that you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit, which means that you've called on the name of the Lord and you're saved. Ask him to come into you and make you new. Forgive your sins. He'll do it. Oh, he won't forgive me. I'm too bad. Trust me. If he forgives somebody like me, there's tremendous hope for you. Tremendous. So I'm going to pray. We have a prayer room back there. More confidential. You go back there. You got prayer warriors up here. The music will continue when I'm done praying. Online, you can type prayer now in the comments. Or excuse me, yeah, prayer now. Or you can text prayer now to 474747. We'll pray for you. Prayer is huge. Remember how the house shook in Acts 431? They all gathered together after the miracle. They prayed. What happened? The house shook. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they went out again and again and again. And they preached with boldness. Don't you want to be bold? Don't you want your life to change? I want your life to change. You can't do it. You can't do it. I don't care how hard you try, you cannot do it. You need something bigger. You need a helper. You need a Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. What's better than Jesus alongside you? Jesus in you. Father, I thank you so much for your word and your truth. You are the King of kings and Lord of lords. This series, we've learned so much about this third person of the Holy Spirit. We learn, Holy Spirit, you're God, you're a person. You don't want to live just next to us or around us, but you want to dwell in us. We learn that, that once you're in us, you're in us, but we need, we need constant fillings of you to control us. Because even with you in us, <laughs> we, still, we still turn left. We still miss the mark. And, and when we turn left and we miss the mark, you forgive us, but, but wait, there's consequences. I don't want to turn left anymore. I want to go right. I want to do the next right thing. God, I pray for the people watching and here today that they will do what you're calling them to do today. They will take the next step today, God, for whoever needs prayer, and that would be uh, every beating heart in the room and everybody watching online, I pray that they'll pray with somebody before they walk out the doors. And I pray that when they have, the, they know that when they have the Holy Spirit in them, they're not leaving a church, they're actually uh, going to church when they walk out the doors. God, change us. Do something that only you can do in us. Fill us with your power. We cannot do it. In and of ourselves, we are like Peter denying you. That's the best we can do. That is us. That is me. So many days, by the way I live, I deny who you are. By the way that I live and the way that I speak and the way that I treat people, I deny you. And I, I'm sorry for that, God, but I want to live under the influence of the Holy Spirit. I want to live differently. I want to love differently. We cannot do it. You have to be in us. 
You have to fill us. Thank you, Father, for Jesus. He is the only reason that we can stand here with hope in our mess, hope in our dysfunction. God, change us. We will give you all the glory, God, and we will never stop declaring that in you, the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name I pray and we all say, amen. Hey, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today. But don't stop there. I invite you to like or subscribe to our social channels. That way you don't miss a single video, update, or message. But not only that, would you consider sharing this message with a friend, coworker, family member? I mean, so many people need hope and encouragement, and you have the ability to bring it directly to them. Finally, one more thing. I want to ask that you would consider giving financially to this ministry. I mean, God has done so much, but yet we believe he wants to do so much more, like so many more people he wants to reach, so much more hope he wants to give, so many more lives that he wants to save, and your investment can help make that happen. So again, thank you so much. I love you, and God loves you more. God bless you.